Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Afternoon, everyone. Uh, welcome back to Ausbiz Live from our Brangaroo Studios. You've tuned in for the call over the next hour. We're going to take a look at 10 stocks picked by you. I'm going to put them to our expert panel on this Wednesday, the 15th of March, which I think there's a better mood around the markets, it seems, uh, this afternoon after um, uh, a good rebound on Wall Street overnight. But I must say, a fairly lacklustre uh, response here in Australia. Um, unconvincing in the rebound. Uh, let's see what our expert panel thinks. Carl Kapalinga from Thick Markets is with us from over in the West. Carl, good afternoon to you. Michael Wayne from Mandadium Financial. How are you? Good to see I'm you. Good, very good. Um, Michael, are you convinced of the rebound today? <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, at the moment, it's very, very difficult <laughs> to pick. Um, on one hand, I can see how markets might be buoyed by the fact that interest rate expectations have probably been reduced given what's been happening overseas. However, then you get the inflation number um, overnight, which was probably a little bit stickier than most people were expecting. You had a fairly strong employment number Friday last week. So what we were focusing on a couple of weeks ago, all those issues seem to be as bad as they were, if not getting slightly worse at the margin. Um, Then obviously you've got this new issue surrounding bank sustainability and, and regional bank strength in the US. Uh, which is adding another layer of, of uncertainty. So there's so many different dynamics pulling at markets at the moment that it's very difficult to work out yeah. who's going to come out on top and what's the final. And we're very different too, aren't we? Because uh, increasing interest rates in America, not nearly as powerful on the economy as here mm-hmm. because it flows straight through to home borrowers here. But in the US, they're all on 30-year fixed mortgages and That's things right. like that. So. Not nearly as effective. That's right. But look, I, I think at the moment, it's a sort of wait and see. I wouldn't be rushing in to put money into the market on weakness. Right. Um, because I just am uncertain, at probably yep. heightened level of uncertainty as you can have at the moment. Carl Kapalinga, charting guru. What are the charts telling you? Are you, <laughs> are you, are you buoyed by the bounce back or not so much? Uh, look, not so much. I think today's rally is a little bit disappointing in terms of the price actions. So, but mm-hmm. still, we're still trading. Of course, the day's not over. But really, what what viewers need to watch out for when we're expecting a bounce, right? So yeah. things have been horrible. The US is up whatever it is, two three percent, and then we're we're holding our breath, waiting for that response in Australia. It's not about where we open the session. So we've opened up today. It was about I don't know, close to one percent near the open. It's all about where we close. And that initial hour or so, uh, we're a couple of hours in now, is all about short covering. So people that were positioned for shorts, panicking a little bit, getting out, maybe some bargain hunting going on. That's the start. What happens towards the end of the day is where the real money votes and the real money will come out and say, no, 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 we're going to add to our short positions. Uh, we're going to continue to uh, de-weight some of our portfolios because we're still concerned. Okay. So if we close back towards the lows of the session today, it is a really, really okay. bearish sign. If we can hold at least above the midpoint of trading, which is kind of where we are now, uh, but preferably towards the highs, that's okay. That means we can probably bounce a little bit more from here. I'll give you a couple of key levels on the chart for the A6 too. Uh, I don't want to see it close beneath 7,000. I think that's starting to be a bit scary. Right. And hopefully we can get a little bit of a bounce, but the next resistance level is probably up around 7,200. Um, the trends are down, don't make no mistake. Short-term trend has turned, turned lower and the long-term trend we've broken beneath the key okay. technical level. So very finely balanced, as Michael says. I can see a path um, through this, through the soft landing, assuming you know US banking sector doesn't go down the toilet. Okay, so high for the day is 7,086. <laughs> Um, so it finishes above that. That's a good sign. If it, uh, well, I've got yeah, I've got today's high on the A six hundred seven zero six six. So right. we want to we, we want to close as clo- close as close to that as possible. Right. Beta. Okay. All right. 
good things to watch out for. All right, uh, let's take a look at the uh, the stocks we're going to be looking at in this half hour. Uh, really good mixture: Webjet, uh, CSL, Macquarie Bank, PointsBet, IDP Education. Stock of the day. I thought we'd take a look at Nine Entertainment, Bruce Gordon's uh, investment company, uh, has increased its stake in Nine to nineteen and three quarter percent, just below that twenty percent threshold, following some cash settled equity swap transactions, uh, and in anticipation of buybacks on October thirteen. Gordon's regional TV network win is Nine's biggest shareholder uh, win and um, uh, one of uh, uh, Gordon's uh, deputies sits on the board at Nine. Um, Michael, is this a a sign of confidence in Nine for Bruce Gordon? Absolutely. Um, if you're you know, increasing your stake such as that up to that 20% sort of threshold and obviously you see some bright future in the company. Right. Um, it's obviously again a very uh, different and, and diversified beast compared to the pure TV station that it once was. It's yep. got different arms to it. Stan potentially is a sleeping giant there as well for the company. Um, and they've obviously got the radio assets, the newspapers, and obviously the, the TV. So look, it could be a, an indication that he's trying to increase his stake at a cyclical low point. You know, the economies might be a bit softer. Advertising revenues might be under a bit of pressure, but he might see, you know, in the future that eventually turning around. So he's, look, it's very difficult to, to pinpoint exactly what he's looking to do here, but I think it has to be seen as a broad positive. Okay. All right. Would you be buying nine at these levels? It's down to mm-hmm. almost a 12-month low, is it? Yeah. And I mean, it's probably the wrong environment for something right. like this, um, just given the heavy reliance it does have on advertising um, for, for its revenues. Um, so from my standpoint, I just no, think it's the wrong avoid. situation. Okay. Uh, Carl, Nine Entertainment. Yeah, look, I'm always fascinated by these moves. And there's a reason why he stopped. I think, gosh, it was 19.75% yeah, yeah. that he's up to now. Because obviously, if you, you get above 20, you, it's the, the put up or shut up level, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. You've got to Australia. launch a takeover. Yep. Exactly. Uh, so, well, that's another possibility. I don't think that's going to happen, though. Uh, but it's interesting. What fascinates me is when you see... Um, increases from people who have a lot of money and let's assume a lot of inside information when the chart is so at odds uh, with that purchase and it gets back to whether you're a momentum trader like me um, i like to buy high and sell higher or you're 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 a disciple of warren buffett right you've got to buy when there's blood in the streets Um, and it's just a style issue i'm not saying one's right or one's wrong but you know we're at the low uh, point of the range as you can uh, hopefully get the chart up yep. for the last 12 months we, we are bumping along those lows the trends are very much fixed to the downside for me uh, price action is not great we're seeing you know when it tries to rally there's ample supply there to take advantage of the price increase so it's like uh something's gone up so i have to i have to get out and then when we come back to the bottom there's really not so much demand there waiting in the system to buy it well i'm concerned about the chart i think it can go lower i did uh, run a valuation on this so i came out with uh, 189 which is pretty much where it is today um so i don't think it's necessarily cheap right. either so the chart doesn't look good the valuation doesn't look good in terms of macro look i'm Look, it, like I said, things are finely balanced. We could go either way, but it does have some um, really good assets in there. Uh, but I don't think I can buy it. Uh, very interesting to see very little market reaction today, Koshi. It's barely mm. moved at all on that yeah. announcement. So let's say let's say the market knows everything and therefore nothing interesting going on here and keep moving. So, all right. Pass. Uh, pass I think it's a sell. I think it's a sell. I wouldn't own okay. this one, so I have all to right. call it a sell. A sell. All right. Uh, Kim wants to view, uh, Carl, on Webjet, the online uh, travel agency. What do you think of uh, Webjet? Well, I like Webjet. I've been very positive on Webjet on the show, um, and mainly because the chart's been pretty good. And it's you know, compared to Nine, which is trading towards the bottom end of its 12-month range, Webjet's trading towards the top end. And again, some people would say, oh, no, I can't buy that. It's too high. You know, I go, well, I've it's now, up I've there. I've the boat. Most yeah, people exactly. Say. Most people would say that. But I would say, hey, there's a reason why it's up here. Uh, there's there's more people want to own it than want to sell it. Why do people want to own it? Well, because they've done all the fundamental analysis and they think the business is well-placed given all of those market conditions we talked about. And the other side of the coin is just as important. The people who own it, they don't want to sell it either because they've done that same research and they also see the benefits in in ownership. So look, I'm a happy holder here based upon the technicals. Um, 
I did look at the valuation. The valuation checked out, but it's going to be buried in my notes here. Mm. I can probably find it. Uh, where's my? Yeah, no, fairly valued. So fair, right. fair value on the valuation. Sorry for that. Fair value. Fair value. Uh, price target I had here at uh, six fifty one. Uh, so I'm going to I'm going to go hold. Best I can right. do is a hold, given that yes, the trend is very strong in the long term, but it's just had a little bit of short term pullback. If that picks up again, then I'll be more positive okay. on it. Michael, uh, we like Webjet um, a lot. A lot of our clients hold. We probably bought it mid to late sort of 2020, so it's been steadily picking up. Um, it's reports out of cycle, so it didn't report recently. Last time it reported was November, and the numbers it delivered right. were way ahead of expectation okay. across, you know, revenues, net profits, um, those sorts of things. What's been interesting is that many of their their um, transactional volumes are back to about 90% of COVID. Um, however, their cost base is down about 15%. So their margins have actually exploded. Mm. Um, and so it's a very good sign. They're most likely winning a lot of market share in this environment with their new sort of web beds business. So we continue to like them. We think, you know, that fact that they're still growing very quickly, a lot of people are still spending up on travel. Um, we think that the momentum in that share price can continue. So we would have it as a, a buy. Still as a buy? Again, on a, a you know three to six month view, I don't know what's going to happen yeah, in the next couple sure. of days, but we, we, we do think it's a quality business with a lot going right at an operational level and the price test seems to be backing that up. Okay. All right, uh, Michael, Scott wants a view on CSL, the big uh, blood plasma uh, vaccine producer, one of the great Australian businesses, yeah. share price. Down to about 280, 281. I feel as though me and Carl, we get CSL a lot. Yeah, <laughs> CSL and Pilbara. <laughs> and they are both on the list today. And <laughs> I have a fire, sneaking suspicion that our, uh, our viewers ask for particular panels <laughs> because they follow what you've been saying. Yeah. Um, look at that, three, what, 313 just a month ago with CSL down to 280. Um, what do you think? Still like it. It's like anything sort of in this range. Um, we've been buyers, but it's been stuck in this range now probably for two, three years. Yep. Um, the most recent result we thought was actually quite good. Revenue numbers growing at 25%, earnings up 10%. So there is a little bit of concern around the margins there. That was partly affected by the strength we've been seeing in the US dollar. Yeah, there, there's your point, isn't it? Yeah. That, that range, the last two or three years, it's sort of it's just been, Every time away. it gets a bit of momentum in the market, for whatever reason, sells it off, or yeah. the market comes under pressure for some other broad reason. But if you stick this in your portfolio, we're quite confident over the long term it will do well. Going back 20, even 30 years since this listed, you would have had multi-year periods like this where it's consolidated. Um, they are paying at the moment a little bit more for their plasma collections. There is, there is also a long inventory lead time from when they actually collect the blood to extract the plasma and then roll it out and, and get it sold. So there are issues at the moment in terms of that, but the recovery path is going well. They've got a whole series of different research and development projects in the pipeline. So we're happy to back the company to deliver very good growth. Right. Their recent acquisition of Vifor has been incorporated very well, and I think they upgraded the earnings for that business. So on a long-term standpoint, we still like to hold it, but we need to really see it break that range. Every time right. it's got up to around 310, it's yep. just sold off straight away. Okay. So it's a 280 today, Yes. gets to 310, that's you a 10%. Yeah, you could play it that way. Increase, isn't it? Um, yeah. So um, I forget who said on the panel, I think Mark Morland from, uh, from Team Invest was saying, hey, when it gets down to the 280, 250, yeah. you just add your portfolio, keeping it in proportion because it always seems to do it. That's uh, every year gets to this level. That's right. I mean, range trading, a lot of people do that. You, don't, you, know, you can hold it, you can see if it's going to break that 310. Yeah. As soon as it doesn't, then you can look to maybe sell. Um, and you can always have a core position, you know, that you yeah. know you want to always have in the portfolio and trade around the edges, right. which you can do as well. So I'm sure Carl will be able to provide yeah. a bit more guidance so, on the technical. So it's a buy from us. It was a buy, a, buy a couple right. of weeks ago. And, and it still is. And it still is. Carl? 
Yeah, it's it's a frustrating company, isn't it, yourself? And people, <laughs> uh, the viewers will feel yep. feel, I guess, um, my pain, your pain, Koshi. I'm guessing yep. you own some. I've called yep. this a buy in the past. I think last time I was on the show a couple of weeks ago, I said hold it, and it's just it's gone down. It's so it's so annoying. Uh, look, I, I see the bottom of the range you're talking about, and but I think the range is getting higher. So oh, I wish I could show you my chart here. Uh, so two fifty four back in June last year. Then we've got two seventy. We're talking about the the v-shapes right the, the, yep. the big swings down uh 270 in october last year 273 uh earlier this year in january and now we're kind of about 277 on that low 278 so yes there's a range but the range is getting higher and i do think uh the the there are big fund managers trading this range but each time it gets down again they're more impatient to buy in uh, and the sellers back off a bit earlier as well. So I think that's encouraging. And then if you look at the peaks of the range as well, they're getting higher also. So from over that same period, you know, 300, 305, 315 more recently. Uh, range trading is certainly uh, a valid area of technical analysis. It's not necessarily one of my trading styles, but I can I can see it clear as day here. So look, I'm happy to go add some here. I think if it can close really well today, and what does really well today, and just, just give yourself that little backup. So uh, the high today is 282.52 based upon my current yeah. price. Um, so if it closes, say, above 282, then I think you can add a little bit here on the basis that Michael loves the stock. I love the stock. I think it's brilliant. I think it's a great recession-proof stock as well because if things yeah. go really bad, there's going to be more people donating blood, right? Their, their price come down dramatically and then there's a huge bump to the to the um, earnings there. And that could be the bump that takes it through that 320 range finally yeah. uh, and then gives us the, the promised land up there, Koshi, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, for, for a bunch of thick markets clients as well. So, yeah, look, I can I definitely a hold and I can go and add uh, if it closes above 282 today. Uh, 282. To, to, to now, on, the, on yep. the 1st of March, um, you had a hold, but 305 was the game changer for you if it if it closed uh, above 305 back in okay. uh, in early march back on the, on those charts there that you could see it break out of this trading range i think it might have been a bit higher right Gosh, it okay. might have been a 315 so the last high is okay. 315 right. i reckon it might okay. have been 15 right. yeah so the high from okay. the 3rd of march is 315 so that would okay. be level all but right yeah, look if it gets above there like i said that the promised land is up there yeah. we break out of that multi-year range yeah <laughs> see a similar stock uh that's been very popular on the call for a long time is macquarie bank as well carl but um, yep. You know, it's whereas the big four banks have been terrible investments compared with the rest of the market. Uh, Mark Gardner from Macro gets so frustrated with his clients who marry the big four banks that he did this yep. chart that measured the big four banks over the last 10 years against an ETF in the ASX 200 and um, found that the banks were half the performance of the ASX 200. Just, just to prove his point. Um, I wonder if that's on a total return basis, though. Yes. Because yeah, yeah, no, including dividends. Including yeah, okay. dividends. Fair enough. Um, yep. and, but everyone says, oh, Macquarie Bank pulls back. If you're into banks and you want financial sector, take advantage of it. So Kip, Kim wants to know about Macquarie Bank. Well, I can see a, a clearly defined trading range here, not dissimilar to CSLs, where in October last year, it made its low around just under 150, and then it pulled back in January, that low, big swing low in the mid yeah. 160s, and currently we're 175. So you can see that up, you can see it even on that chart, that upward trend from October, yeah. and you potentially you are at the bottom end of the range. Uh, look, I'm not as big a fan of Macquarie as I am on CSL. I mean, I think the growth outlook for Macquarie's much flatter so whereas you know you're looking at compound annual growth over the next three fys these are broker consensus numbers not mine of 20 percent per annum so there yep. are 15 brokers covering csl and the consensus is 20 percent growth per annum over the next three fys for macquarie group we're talking uh two percent growth so macquarie yeah. is more of a cycling a big boom um, obviously, we've had very volatile markets, and that that helps them. And it, the expectation is those things potentially are going to settle down. Now, if things stay volatile, that's good for them, actually, yeah. isn't it? So, just in terms of the growth outlook, I know you're paying more for CSL in terms of the PN. The Smarty Pants fundamental analysts will say, "Hey, Carl, you're paying 38 times for CSL. You're only paying 14 times for Macquarie." Yeah. But I think. 
the growth profile, I, I still think that's not great value compared to the fact it is a bank. Um, and you know, your average PEs are in and around those 12 to 15 areas. So I don't think the valuations as good. I'm happy if you can see the channel there and you want to take a putt and, and, and do it. It's not my not my style. I can go a hold on Macquarie right. at best. And even then that grip for mm. me is a little tenuous based upon the valuation. Okay, Michael. Um, we have clients that hold Macquarie, but it's not something that we've bought a lot of at all um, in probably the last year, year and a half. Right. Um, it is a very good quality business, uh, very diversified business model these days. Uh, the old sort of Macquarie Capital Investment Banking arm only really contributes 13% to earnings these days. Um, it, a lot of it's being driven mm -hmm. by the boom we saw in commodities last yep. year, uh, and a lot of the volatility we saw in the energy price, their commodities business contributes about 30%, um, did very, very well, and their asset management business has done very well in recent years. But as Carl touches upon, it's we're at a point in the cycle where we've had an asset price boom for the last decade, and, and at the moment it's a bit more uncertain. So when you've got you know, equities under pressure, uh, you've got property under pressure, bonds under pressure like they were last year. It's very hard for an asset management business to kill it yep. in those sorts of conditions. So we would prefer something like a Macquarie given its growth trajectory over the very long term compared to say a CBA. Yep. You know, CBA is on about 18, you know, 19 times earnings, Macquarie is on 14 times. So we think that there's more growth there in the long term potentially for Macquarie, um, but they're obviously very different businesses. Um, yep. But at the moment we're just sort of holding off waiting for this you know, right. cycle to turn. That might be six months, might be 12 months, right. where we embark on the next bull market. That's if it ever comes, you know, uh, in, in the near future. So I think well, it's more gee, of a Gee, a comment time. like that is, <laughs> is good for investors, Michael. If you're throwing in the towel, that's- no, no, I'm saying in terms of what we've become used to over the last decade of this yes. year yeah. after year steady bull market, yeah. I just don't think we're returning to those, that long no. cycle. It's gonna yeah. be shorter in sight shorter and sharper cycles. So and you've got to be more selective. Everything's not right. going to go up. That's yep. right. So you can't just assume that you know asset prices are just going to keep yep. compounding year after year. That would ultimately benefit Macquarie a lot. Interest rates aren't at zero anymore. And interest yeah. rates aren't probably going to be at zero for a prolonged period like we had in the past. So yeah, maybe the glory days are over. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's the view. So I'm happy to go a hold on Macquarie. I think it's an okay proposition, but I'm not rushing out okay. to buy it um, in this environment. Okay. Well, another sort of financial stock, uh, Michael, Paul wants to be on points bet. We're yes. talking about money, the, uh, uh, the online um, gambling uh, business. Yes, Booking. so points bet's probably one of the worst missed opportunities we've ever had. <laughs> At one point, we're very close to 10 times our money on points bet and then watched it come pretty much all the way right down. back down. And they wow. had a great story there for a while <laughs> in the early stages of the deregulation of the sports betting industry in the US. PointsBet had a big seat at the table and had a lot of market share in some of those states which initially um, responded to the change in regulation and opened up sports betting in their states. Yep. But PointsBet has really been hemorrhaging cash and they've steadily been losing market share in the US to some of those bigger players. They do have a presence in the Australian market as well, but the Australian market is more saturated and it's more competitive and the growth really isn't there. Um, so. Yeah, we wouldn't be buying points bet. The chart's probably as bad as it gets. Yeah. Would you just would you sell um, or you'd take the pain and hold? It's almost at the point where you just sort of hold to ride it out. Because there's um, been a We bit did of... have clients, to put it clear, we did have clients that sold a portion. We did make a gain out of it, but yeah. they've been left holding this thing now, some in some cases, and it's it's hard, it's a difficult decision. They've renegotiated their deal with NBC to spread out their marketing spend over a greater period of time. But the problem is there's big companies like Flutter, um, Entain, yeah. these sorts of companies with big presence over in the US and they just don't have the marketing spend to can, compete. Just in Australia, there's Bluebet. That's a whole the, bunch of so them many. doing the same thing. And the thing is in the US, there's a race to the bottom to get market share. So you've got to really spend up big and really have terrible balance sheets in order to pursue right. the growth. Um, and I just don't think points bets cut out to succeed. We do like that thematic. Flutter's probably our preferred pick. That's an international right. stock. So no, um, sell. Look, it's almost, it's a sell. Yep. It's a, it really is a Carl? sell. Well, what do you think? Gosh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you saw the chart, right? That's so, a shocker. So sell? It is a, it is a shocker, yeah. Look, I'm a sell. You just sort of be so careful with these great narratives. And yeah. it does uh, highlight the benefit of just selling a little bit. You, know, yeah. you don't have to 
you know, you don't have to sell the whole lot. If, if when things are going really well, you know, if you see the, and I'm going to try and draw it left to right here, but if you see the, and it's not working, uh, but if you see that, though, those peaks start to come down, the ones I talked about before. Yeah. Um, so if you make two peaks on a chart, by definition, you have to have a trough between those two peaks. Yeah. Okay. And if you've got lower peaks, it, demand uh, demand must be uh, diminishing because you've got a lower peak. We, we didn't go up and take out that last high, right? So supply must be increasing. Why? Because we didn't take out the last high. Demand must be decreasing. That's not a good sign. Yeah. But those two peaks have to create a trough in between them. And what I tell um, clients, and not just clients, but anybody who wants to turn up on Tuesday uh, to my sessions, hit me up on Twitter if you want to join, free to join, is we look at that trough. That's that key level. So we're happy to ride things up, 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 yeah. brilliant. But when we see those two lower peaks and that middle trough, we have a level beneath that trough. The price closes beneath that trough, automatically we'll sell a third of our holdings, okay? Yeah. That doesn't, we're not all out. We've still got two thirds. And if we're wrong and it goes back up and takes out all the peaks and makes a new high, happy days and we yeah. might even have the ability to get back in but if it keeps going down we'll keep looking for opportunities to get out or, or signals from the market we must get out and but at least we sold some you know yeah. at least we got and once you've sold a little bit it, it actually gets easy to sell the rest of your position yep because you go well you know it's not so bad at least i've got some out up there but if you're all in and all out that's your strategy i have to warren buffett style buy at the low and then i have to sell at the top <clears> and you miss that opportunity it gets harder and harder as the price falls to yeah. then force yourself to get out. Yeah, yeah. And that's psychology. Yeah, psychology. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, Sean wants a view, Carl, on IDP education, the uh, uh, the big student um, um, education group that a lot of the universities own. They do English language testing for international students to study here in the universities. It's a good deal for the unis. Yeah, well, it's not just a study here now. So that's how yeah. it started. But now they offer that in 40 countries. And it is it is kind of the go-to. It's the industry standards. Yep. And obviously, uh, through COVID, you know, it's just students couldn't move around uh, and, and, but obviously that's starting to change so we're seeing you know massive growth uh, from India and now China obviously that's starting to to um, reopen as well so plenty of tailwinds for this business the the only issue will be I mean businesses it's like anything I mean the uh, points bet keeps growing its revenue but its cost keeps getting bigger as well so you, you Yes, you, you've got this great uh, structural uh, tailwind and your, your revenues are growing, but there still needs to be yep. a, a growing profit at the end of it. Look, the good news is this one has that. In fact, it has it in spades. So broker consensus numbers, not my numbers, but the brokers are forecasting 24% growth, compound annual growth rate for the next three financial years. Wow. Now, the average market growth rate is about 7 or 8% you know, depending, right? Depending if it's a good year or a bad year, it could be a bit more, a bit less. So if you think this one is growing at roughly three times the rate of the average market, but then you want to say, well, the average PE, right, for the ASX over the long run is about 15. So if you can kind of get something that's growing faster than the market's um, growth at the same value as the market, then you're getting a bargain. There's no free lunches, Koshi. This one isn't doesn't have a PE of 15. You wouldn't expect it to because brokers do this research and they yeah. say, well, we have to pay more for it because the growth is great. It's got a PE of about um, about 50 at the moment, but the growth is going to bring that down to a level I think is borderline reasonable. I, I think the valuation is good here. I think there's probably maybe 15 to 20% in it. Incidentally, the brokers think there's about 20% in it to the upside. So I love the business. I think there's plenty of growth there and I like the valuation. And then I go, well, what does the chart look like? Okay, that's the, that's the for yep. me, that's the most important piece of the puzzle. And I can see a little bit of this sort of range trading thing going on as well. It dips down to sort of 26, 27, and then it pops back up again. At the moment, it's the bottom of the range. It's putting in some nice candles. I can see there is demand coming back in here to support an idea of maybe buying the dip on this one. I'm going to say, rather than just rushing out and doing that, wait for a little bit of confirmation. If it closes above 28.62, and I know it sounds so silly. Some people say, hey, Carl, 28.62, 26.60, what does it matter? But look, let's just say if it closes above 28.60, around there, that's where I'm going to add some risk. And much like I don't get out all at once, I'm happy to get in a little bit because I'm testing the waters here. 
Okay, it's the bottom of the range. It might fall through the bottom of the range. Right. And if it does, I've only bought a third of my position. As it starts to move up, say through 29, mm. I'll add another third. Through 30, I'll add another third as right. I'm adding into strength. I'm never buying the dip uh, or I'm not, not necessarily adding to a losing position. That's the wrong thing. So I, I will buy the dip from time to time if, if I see the opportunities there, but I won't add to a losing position. I'm only allowed to add to a winning okay. position. All right. Uh, so hold for you though, if you're in it, uh, yep, add uh, buy it if it closes above twenty eight sixty. That's on level. Uh, it's a business we like a lot. We've been in it for probably over five years. Um, we've sort of been on about it on this show, other shows, and, and yep. different media forms. Um, it's a very high quality business. One of the best balance sheets we think in the market. They've got the two sides of the business: the student placement business and the English language testing. Um, English language testing volumes have been very good, recovered. They're expected to grow about 10% per annum. So that's probably the more stable part of the business. Um, of the people that complete their tests, about 84% end up going on and getting a visa versus the rest of the market, which is around mm. 50%. Mm. So they've got a bit of a, an advantage there for whatever reason. The student placement business, the volumes have recovered to pre-COVID levels. And that's really despite the fact that India and China haven't fully um, reopened and come back into the market yet. So they've managed to navigate the touchy and, and difficult COVID period well, come out of that in a very strong position, um, and they continue to grow at a very rapid rate. The market was a little bit disappointed in its most recent earnings. Yep. That's despite you know, revenue growth being 25% plus, earnings growth <coughs> up 50%, margins expanding a lot. But the market had a very high threshold for what this company was expected to achieve. Um, but that's why it came back. But I think now it's getting a little bit of support. So we're comfortable to buy it, but we will do it gradually, just given it is a right. high PE stock and the market is a little bit jumpy at the moment. So I think it makes sense, like Kyle says, just to ease your way in. Sort and of nibble, nibble away. I think it makes sense for most investments, to be honest, not just to pile all in yeah. on the one day. Yeah, or, or get all out. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, let's recap the uh, the first five stock stock of the day. Uh, Nine Entertainment, Sell from Carl, No from Michael. Uh, Webjet, long-term buy at these levels. Um, Michael uh, is happy with that. Uh, a hold from Carl. Uh, CSL, if it trade closes above 282 tonight, um, then Carl can see it as a, a buy, a buy from Michael Macquarie Bank, a hold from both, uh, points better sell from both, and IDP, a uh, yeah, nibble away at these levels for IDP. Um, from Michael, a hold from Carl, but if it closes, uh, gets above $28.60, uh, it would be a buy from him. Uh, here on the call, we've been tracking our own high conviction fantasy fund. It was picked by the investment committee. You can see the March investment committee meeting on the platform now. Uh, going into March, uh, they sold out of Seven Group and Janison Education. Mineral Resources was trim. They added MA Financial and Austell. And uh, since the uh, fund has... That looks a bit weird um, because, yes, I know the market's come back. I will double check that because we've had a change of team here. Uh, it was 12%, at the 13% at the end of last week and to come back to um, just uh, six and a half does seem a bit strange. All right, uh, I'll double check that. We'll hopefully have the, uh, the correct figure tomorrow. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while. And although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second to none trading tools. Plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets, consider relevant people PDS and TMD, your information memorandum, the CMC Pro accounts at our website. All right, this half hour, we will be looking at Pilbara Resources, Eris Resources, uh, Global Traffic Network, Zip, and James Hardy. And Lucy, Carl wants a view on what has been one of your favourite stocks, uh, Pilbara Resources, the, the lithium miner producer. 
I can't get away from this you one. Cannot, cannot get away it, from keeps it. Following <laughs> me around, uh, but and people think I I hate lithium. I'm, I'm labelled as a, a lithium hater, and I tell you what, Koshi, social media. I mean, there's such a huge yep. uh, fervent following of this lithium story, <laughs> and anybody who says, "Hey, I think these stocks might be going down," they don't they don't like me at all. Um, and I actually I think this is I think this is a brilliant I think this is a brilliant business. And this is what people maybe don't understand about me. So I I like. Uh, Pilbara Minerals. I think it's a great business. I think this is uh, one of the best producers you can own uh, in the world, actually right. going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine, huge mine life, low cost, um, you know, Australian operations, moving into sort of downstream. Uh, I think it's really cheap. So you would go, hey, why does this guy keep telling people to sell it? Because the charts turned around and yep. it's it's been it's been a lighten uh, or a trim for a while not an outright sell um, but really from about five bucks remember i talked about the yep. lower peaks in that middle trough that's where we started again in those tuesday sessions and then that progressed to give us another lower peak and another trough and that's a minus a third and then a minus a third so we've been we've been again sort of just stepping out the door on this one and i think last time we spoke uh, you, your words were you're closing the door and i said yeah yep. look i just can't see based upon the chart, a reason to own it right now. It doesn't mean I don't want to own it in the future, quite the contrary. But as much as I like the stock, that is irrelevant unless the rest of the market is thinking like me. Yep. And that's stimulating a whole heap of demand and restricting supply to facilitate the price going up because I can only make money if I'm long if the price goes up. And that's just not right now. So I'm going to reiterate as much as it's going to pee people off, I still think this is probably going to be lower in the near term uh, than it is right now. And in the long term, hey, when we get to there and the chart turns up, I'll be happy to call it a buy or an add again. We won't just be buy. It'll be, well, let's add right. a little bit. Let's add a little bit more. So so are you all out of Pilbara at the moment or you still got a third year original? I can't speak for all of the, the clients. Okay, right. so if, see, this is a thing. I mean, I'll say, hey, everybody, and I just type it on the, on the screen yeah. in the webinar. And it's minus but one have you third. recommended they get out? Well, that's what that's what completely. the analysis. So right. I, I, I do I do the analysis, and the analysis suggests stepping out. And I say, hey, it, and not back know, in I, now. Yeah, I mean, either either on that Tuesday, I've typed it on the screen, yeah. and people follow, or they don't, and that's up to them. Right. But the analysis would suggest there's no need to own Pilbara right now. Okay. So people that followed your advice have banked a nice profit. Uh, now, now is. We, we rode it all the yep. way up because it was the greatest trend on the market yep. in, in 2022. Yep. All right. But, but we don't not, hold on forever. We're in, for, we're in for a good time, not a long time. Yep. Michael? Um, yeah, so Pilbara, um, AKE, <coughs> Alchem, Alchem, are two that we've held for clients. Um, we still hold some, but we have reduced since Taking the profits, yeah. The fact of the matter is, you look at the lithium price, it's down about 30, 35% since November last year. And you're seeing that pretty much reflected for the lithium producers. Ultimately, these companies being a single commodity producer are dependent on the commodity price itself. Um, You look at what happened in China at the end of last year, they finished off some of the subsidies they were providing to the electric vehicle industry. You also had, according to Reuters, um, the world's largest battery maker, CATL, offering big discounts to Chinese electric vehicle automakers, big discounts on their batteries. Um, and apparently CATL has been negotiating with lithium companies um, at lower prices, <coughs> reflecting the softer demand out there and the big discounting that's going on out there for batteries. So these sorts of news stories start to hit the media. Um, then obviously you can see the prices start to be reflected in the commodity markets. And you know, there've been people talking about a soft couple of years for lithium for a yep. long time. Goldman Sachs have been big on the negativity for the lithium space um, coming up because of excess supply reaching the market. Also, the reopening of China has also added another level of lithium supply to the market. So Goldman Sachs has been pretty negative. Macquarie's been pretty buoyant, uh, particularly on the long term. And we still remain pretty optimistic about the long term. But as Carl touches upon, sometimes it's just no matter how much you're willing and hoping something to turn around, the short term momentum for a number of reasons um, is against you. So it makes sense to take some off the table, especially yep. um, if you've done very well out of it. So the whole idea is we still like the long-term narrative. We still have some exposure that we're happy to keep pretty passive. But obviously after the very big run up, people have made some very good multiples of their money yep. in some cases. So it made sense to take probably half off the table. So would you buy at these I levels? I wouldn't be buying no. yet because the lithium price still remains under a lot of pressure. Yep. 
and the charts look pretty average. Yep. But at some point, we would potentially consider it. Okay. Uh, question without notice, same position, <coughs> excuse me, on mineral resources, or is that different because it's an iron ore play? Mineral resources is a bit more <coughs> diversified, although these days they do have a lot more exposure lithium than they do yep. iron ore. They've also got the crushing business, which is still there away in the background. Um, so we do like mineral resources as well. They're down probably 15, 20%. Yeah. So they're less exposed to just lithium. So they're probably a bit more smoother I mean, how they are run, but they're well run business. They've never issued a new dollar of equity in the last 10 years. They've continually grown organically yeah. or through debt. So we do like that company. We're not buying that either. Now. Right. Are you buying uh, mineral resources at the moment, Carl? No, we're not. Same as uh, really for all of the uh, the lithium stocks. I know this has got some iron ore, but we're stepping yeah. out. So I can tell you literally, uh, the 3rd of March, I wrote minus one third on a close beneath 88.79. And then this is just my chart. And this is all in the public record. On the 20th, uh, no, that wasn't the 3rd, 3rd of Third of third of February, yeah. minus one third. Twentieth of February, mm -hmm. minus one third, and the final third now is will occur on a close beneath seventy nine fifty. I can't be more specific than that. Right. Okay. So Minres is eighty dollars twenty nine. Yep, it's moment. just above it. So, right. so much like we said, oh Pilbara, it's it's reached that level yep. uh, a few weeks ago when we spoke about it. Yep. This one is still above it. And I gave you that number, yep. uh, 7850, 78, right. low 78.50. It's the low of the 27th of February, if people yep. want to go check the chart. Okay. All right. Uh, our next stock, uh, still in the mining area. Um, Sam wants a view, Carl, on Eris Resources, um, a copper company. Anyone goes, copper miner, your beauty, that's the new lithium. Right. Um, <laughs> it's the thematic, isn't it? It's going to follow through. I love it. I love I love a great thematic. I love a great narrative <laughs> because great narratives blow bubbles, Koshi. Yep. And bubbles make uh, bottom left, top right charts, and that's when I love to get involved. Uh, poor old errors. It's uh, what's that? Is that the one year chart? You can just try and see that little yep. dip there. You can see that little dip very late in February. So that was the release of their half year results, which did disappoint the market. Uh, they, look, lower production, higher costs, which is kind of. The, the narrative, the mini narrative for many of our mining companies, isn't it? Mm. So for, for the problem for viewers, the problem for all investors is they like a narrative and don't think markets clients are a, a subset of, of all of your viewers, don't forget. So I hear this, I, I hear them speaking this and Carl, what copper stock should I buy? You know, I'll go through the list. Well, there's, um, there's Aris, there's uh, Sandfire, Sandfire yeah. there's Hot Chili, there's Copper Mountain. And and, I, and and because there's so much interest, I do look through the businesses and you know, I think Copper Mountain looks really interesting, but the chart never goes up. So, you know, I'm stuck with this. Well, there's some really interesting companies out there, but their charts don't look great. So I say, if you've got a view on Copper, because I think markets, you could actually buy Copper with us, right? Through one of our products you won't have the problem of uh, lower production and higher costs, mm. right? If you're just buying copper, if you're just holding copper, it, you know, there might be some servicing uh, costs on the position, of course, to keep it open. But if it goes up, you make money. The, the problem for your copper stocks, your ASX listed copper stocks is copper goes up and they keep missing their targets, production yep. targets. The costs keep going up and they don't make enough money for the share price to go up. So I'm gonna say here, I don't think Aris is a bad company. It's it's struggling on the operational side. I think some of that can back out. They've got big aspirations to double their production, but even at double production cost, it's about half of an Oz Minerals. It's a small right. player. It's okay. a marginal player as well. So we're looking at about 320 to 365, depending on which quarter. That's how much it swings in terms of cost per US dollar per pound. And the current price is about four. Double-edged sword can be bad if the price goes down, but can be amazing if the price goes up. But that's all ignoring everything I said at the start. If you think copper's going up, just buy copper. Okay. All right. Michael? Someone's coming for me today for all my sins. Points better now, Eris. <laughs> <laughs> so that chart for Eris is very flattering. It went through a share consolidation about, yep. I don't know what it was now, probably a year ago or so. Um, so we're in this probably late 2020, started to go up, then it's come under immense pressure. And again, it's a it's always, always a high-risk copper play for those clients looking for that. Um, we, we don't mind a bit of copper, but mainly we played that through Sandfire and those minerals. Right. And we benefited from that. But this was always one that had the opportunity to really explode if they got a few things right and the copper price stayed high. Um, they've got an existing asset, um, which is very, very high cost. 
and it's only recently sort of been reopened and started to come back into production and generating some revenue. But they do have the Milner family now on board, who through a big share raising ended up with 10% stake, might have even been slightly more. So they're the Washington... Washington Soul Pats. Uh, so that family. gave them a big amount of cash. And yeah. um, also the, the, the Soul Pats family on the board, the Milner yeah. family. And there's a lot to like about that story, but they've still got to execute, right? So the most recent update, they're finally starting to get a little bit of momentum again. The copper price was helping support that, but they came out with the update and they've had some production issues at one of their existing projects, right. but they continue to do a big drilling program and they do seem to be intersecting some decent grades and all that sort of thing. So. It is one for the true believers. If you do think the copper price will do well over the long term, this company can pull it off, then there probably will be enormous share price appreciation. But there's a lot of risks associated with that. So for yeah, I'm my just starting sample, to I'm think, going to go a hold. Right. I'm just, I'm thinking like maybe a southern copper, like ticker code SO on the NYSE. I want to look at that chart. Uh, it's not bad, not great. I mean, Eris, I agree, Eris has got great potential, but it's they're very short line my, uh, life of mines as well. Right. So that potential has to be unlocked by continuing exploration success. Okay. And they're getting some good numbers, but there is uh, a huge um, execution risk, I think, on, on this one also. So I've looked into this one um, very closely, Koshi, as I have all the other copper miners, as I said. Um, it's really the only ASICS-listed copper stock that has assets in Australia yep. that's left. Yep. Sandfire's a Spanish copper player, right? Yep. Uh, Os Minerals is gone. Got so um, but I, I think there's there's too many moving parts in this. It's got a bit of zinc. Uh, it's got some gold. I'm not sure I'm not sure if this is the one. It, okay. It's very interesting, but I'm not sure if this is the one. I know we, I've gone on too long on this one, so All apologies right. and I'll stop talking. Okay, <laughs> uh, let's, uh, we need to go fairly quickly through the final three stocks. Mm. Um, Michael, uh, Global Traffic Network, Connor wants a view on that when you get your traffic reports on TV during the breakfast shows or uh, on radio. Um, this is the listed company that provides it all. They provide yeah. it for free and then um, get a sponsor to, to back them. They do it not only here, but also in a lot of other countries. Yeah, so everyone in New South Wales will be familiar company. with Vic LaRusso. Oh, yep. <laughs> um, he's a very distinct individual. Um, basically, it's an interesting <laughs> principle, right? And they've had they've been, I think, listed now for five, six years, haven't performed the best in terms of share price. Um, I think if I'm not going to like nine entertainment in this environment, this is a business I'd probably steer clear of as well in the yep. advertising conditions. There's been no limited revenue growth. The margins are very, very low, if not tiny. Um, debt has been paid off over time. Return on equity is very, very low as well. So it's a sell for mine for better oh. alternatives elsewhere. Okay. Carl? Oh, yeah. You want me to do this one quickly? Yep. There's no reason. This, this is not investable. So right. pass trade trade it. I put it if you want to know why you can't even you can't even invest in it. Uh, yesterday on yes, Koshi was yesterday a pretty hot day on the market. Yep. I can't remember. It traded 111 <laughs> shares. 111 <laughs> shares. Okay. Like, even if you wanted to buy it, you couldn't. Yeah. This is not investable. Okay. All right. Uh, is Zip still investable, Carl? The uh, no, I can do this one even faster. This right. one's a train wreck. Uh, yeah, we, we big capital raise on the offing. You know, they're, they're, this is again what a great narrative. You know, and I won't yeah. go over old ground here. But if you held onto this on the, on the narrative, you are miserable. Eleven billion dollar company now three hundred and eighty three million, but you know they're, they're burning. They're still burning cash. I remember when I first started covering this in twenty twenty. I think they said um, twenty twenty three they were going to be making a profit, and then the next year that got pushed out. It's now FY twenty seven before they're going to make a profit, hoping to be cash flow positive uh, in FY twenty. But the brokers are saying FY25, they keep disappointing. And again, it's one thing to have uh, revenue. Revenues keep going up. Make no mistake, they, uh, revenues are, uh, keep doing this. Customer numbers keep doing this. Merchants keep doing this. But costs keep doing double yeah. that, right? Yeah. They burned $400 million last year, burned cash, evaporated into the thin air of nothingness. And they've only got $200 million in the bank. So do the maths on this one. Uh, yeah. It's not a you know, so get it, out. it looks like a bargain because price is low. No, this, there's no bargain here. Yeah, Michael? Yeah, big risk of a big capital raising at discount. Um, they're going to have to continue with the cost out program. But with that, then they slow their revenue growth, which then delays their free cash flow positive and, and earnings positive. Um, so that's something they've been delaying their payments to merchants, extended that out as well. And I think Macquarie indicated in their recent update that 
auditors have included um, a material uncertainty related to going concern in right. their audit reports. So okay. I think you need to be very careful. Um, although you would really want this business to succeed because it made a real good fist of going overseas and expanding yes. and was doing so well for so long and really continue to do so well, but they just keep burning through cash, which in this day and age is unacceptable to the yep. market. Okay, so I sell for you as well. Final stock, James Hardy, the uh, big building materials group uh, here and still in the US as well as uh, Andrew wants a view, Michael. Yes, so James Hardy, they benefit enormously from the big housing boom that was playing out. Now the reverse is occurring and they're struggling. Off the back of that, they came out with a, an earnings downgrade. Um, their margins have been very, very strong, but the management have flagged that there is significant increase in competition, particularly in sort of the residential and, and remodeling type business that they've got going. So I think it's a very good quality business, just a very tough part of the cycle. And with these cyclicals, you probably want to wait for signs that things are improving before looking okay. at it. It's never one that we've owned, but it's one that we've looked at on a number of occasions. Um, they do have a market dominant position, but they're having to now defend that through discounting and selling probably lower quality, lower margin products okay. um, to retain those customers for the long run. So for now, too yeah. soon, um, happy to go sell on that one too. And it's fibre cement, which is... Uh, drives a fair bit in the US yes, as well. that's uh, right. And then dries up if the buildings aren't there. Uh, the building market. Um, Carl, what do you think of James Hardy? Yeah, I totally agree with Michael. Wrong time of the cycle. I don't think it's cheap either. I think it's order of magnitude about 5% overvalued. And I think the chart reflects that. So it's, uh, you know what, what I want. I want bottom left, top right. Yeah. This one starts at the top left, finishes the bottom right, and I do believe, therefore, it's a sell. Okay. All right. Let's recap the final five stocks. Uh, Pilbara, a no from both Michael and Carl. Eris, um, a hold from Michael. Um, Carl's saying, look, if you want to get into copper, just buy copper, uh, and you can do it through a a number of instruments. Uh, Global traffic, sell from both. Uh, Zipper sell from both, and James Hardy a sell from both as well. Carl Capaliga, always fascinating to catch up. Thank you kindly. Uh, enjoy the rest of the week. You too. Super fun show. Thanks, Koshi. Um, Michael Wayne from Medallion Financial. Good to have you aboard as well. Thanks, Koshi. Yeah. Thanks, Carl. See you next time. Now, if uh, you've got any stocks that you'd like us to cover here on the show, put them in an email, the call at osbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at Ausbiz TV handle. Um, okay, Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool, uh, one of our favourites here on the call, is coming up in the next hour. Stay with us. You're watching Ausbiz live from our Brangaroo studios. See you same time tomorrow for the call. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.